Well, it looks like we're recording once again, John. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Tuesday recording. This is a little unusual, but I guess I can roll with the punches. I like it. I really like it. I don't like we're doing a Monday record. I don't feel like any... We've talked about this. I don't feel like enough's happened. I don't feel like my brain is working, you know? I mean, it's like Mondays, right? Mondays. Oh, you're talking about like Garfield? Yeah. You're just like, oh... I feel like by Tuesday, you're a little more in the groove. You're warmed up. All right. Well, this th- by this logic, I guess never mind. Forget it. This should be one of the greatest episodes we've ever done. I and I expect I you to be fully in the groove up. and fully warmed up. So take it away. Yeah. You, so, you know, yesterday was the uh, the final public January 6th committee hearing. Well, you really you really are getting right into it. You are warmed up. Yeah. Yeah. Go, all right. Go for it. Um, I watched it on my TV on CBS uh, news with uh, John Dickerson, and um, I thought it was pretty good. What'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, right. thanks for the question, John. Um, I listened to it on NPR on my phone as I walked around Fancy. running errands. Sorry? Fancy. They kept interrupting and saying, you're listening to live coverage of the final January 6th hearing. Just a note to listeners, you will be hearing some language that is not typical for NPR. Right. Because they were playing audio of people cussing. Yeah. So undignified that, that White House officials and their and their coworkers would resort to profanity. Right. It was like, a, and what did he a, say there? Well, he used the P word. Yeah, that was kind of like, who was that Ivanka who said that? Uh, or was I don't it? Know. Um, it was one of, one of those. Yeah. One of those. See, that's the problem watch, listening to it on the radio. I, don't, I can't remember who's who. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who these voices are because I'm not seeing a, uh, identifying text or I'm not seeing their face. Some of them mm-hmm. I remember. I'll always know the, the dulcet tones of Roger Stone as he serenades me to sleep mm-hmm. in my swaddling clothes. But some of these other people, I can't keep. I can't keep. Like, is that John Eastman's voice? Is that Michael Flynn? I mean, you know it's Michael Flynn because he's just saying the fifth, the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing is when they're like, "Do you believe in the peaceful transfer of power?" I'm going to take the fifth on that. <laughs> Come on. It's pretty smart, though. Probably. Yeah, I guess so. Right? I guess so. It's always smart to take the fifth. Anyway, yeah. So I listened to it, and it was just a huge. It was like a recap, right? It was just a recap of everything. I guess there was a little news about. Hope Hicks said that she had been trying to get Trump to tamp down the violence and he was not he wasn't feeling that. Right. He was into the violence. So And I guess the the coordination or the communication between John Eastman and that one environmental lawyer in the DOJ that Trump wanted to become the acting attorney general. Mm-hmm. Jeff Clark. Yeah, that their, was? Con- yeah, their conspiracy was a little deeper than people heretofore realized, I guess. Mm hmm. But it was basically a rehash of everything. It, but the video, again, very powerful. Uh, I feel like it's the same video that we've probably seen over and over, and you can't see it enough probably. Um, and that it just felt like – I mean, obviously, they made news because it was a criminal referral. Uh, but you know, it felt more like, again, a political rehashing of everything to just to try to get the word out that this guy Trump is unfit for office and whether he's cr- criminally responsible or not he should be politically responsible. Do you think Trump is unfit for office? Yes. And you know what I actually thought that before he became president. Really? But now I'm certain. 
I'm pretty certain. You're going on the record, this guy's unfit yeah, for office? Probably, yeah. What about the office of head pooper scooper at the town park in the worst neighborhood in town? Maybe, yeah. That's a good really? one. Really? What yeah. about this? But, um, junior associate toilet inspector at the diarrhea hospital. <laughs> diarrhea hospital. Is he fit for that office? Probably. Maybe not even that one, actually. Yeah, he would do a bad job. He'd figure out a way to not do a good job. Yeah. We turn now to predict it, of course, as is our want. And lo and behold, John, when I look at the market for who will be the GOP 2024 presidential nominee, longtime listeners remember I have 350 shares Trump no. John, I'm pleased to say I'm seeing some green on the screen. All right. Good for you. Now, there hasn't been a huge swing as a result of the January 6th committee but it does look like slowly over months and months, Trump's advantage over Ron DeSantis has chipped away. And now it is my pleasure to report, or I should say it's my solemn duty to report, that Trump is now nearly a full 20 cents behind Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Wow. I th- I think that's a little bit oversold, frankly. Ron DeSantis at 46, Trump at 27. I don't think the polling supports that. You're right. In fact, uh, I think a lot of the polling does show DeSantis ahead, but still there's some polling that has Trump ahead. So I really don't know what's going to happen there. Well, I went on Twitter last night to see what the scuttlebutt was on the on America's town square. I clicked on every trending hashtag having to do with January 6th. And lo and behold, it turns out there are still plenty of insane maniacs on Twitter. Uh-huh. And first of all, they were all crowing that Liz Cheney lost her election. So how could she say Trump wasn't fit for office when she wasn't fit for office because she lost her election? Oh, okay. <laughs> God. They Seriously. also said, you know, Hunter Biden. It's just like Twitter's dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. Says the guy who hangs out on TikTok. TikTok is so oh my God. The TikTok videos I was watching last night till two AM. Ooh. I'm learning how to cook so many wild beasts. In in Arctic conditions on TikTok. Explain? I People don't know. People just show up with like a yak skeleton and cook all the meat off of it, and they're surrounded by snow. Huh. They make like a snow fire. It's incredible. TikTok inspired me to buy a cleaver. I have a cleaver now. I went to the I went to the swap meet and bought a cleaver. <laughs> I right. bought a good old fashioned swap meat cleaver. Yeah. Because I was getting just... so tired of watching these TikToks of People chopping bones and skulls in half with their mighty cleaver and then me going into my kitchen and getting out my little Ikea knife. I was like, I need mm-hmm. a cleaver. That's good. So I went to the I went to the swap meet and this lady, you know how swap meets are. Someone just set up a folding table and dumped a bunch of knives and cleavers on it. I was like, I'm going to get one of these. I bought a cleaver for $2. I love it. It's so sharp. Does it have a brand? Yeah, it's called Faberware or Faberware. It's like a brand name cleaver. All right. I'm telling you, swap meet is where it's at. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever been to one. Oh, when you come visit me, whoo, we're going to go to the yeah. my swap meet. Oh, buddy. We're going to buy so many knives. I love TikTok uh as well. And the but the danger of TikTok, unlike Twitter. Twitter really does die down at night. I think I was discussing this with someone else the other day. Um you know, at night it, it'll slow down and and you will finally be like I have to go to bed. Mm-hmm. TikTok never ends. Mhm. It just keeps feeding you over and over and over. It's like the city that never sleeps. Yeah, New York. Then this lady shows up and she says, hi, 
I know you've been watching videos for a while. Have you ever had that lady show up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I like told her. And I then I'm like, oh, I'll listen to you. I have no time for you, lady. No. Get out of my life. Stop exactly. judging me. Right? Who are you? Yeah. Yeah. That just makes you want to keep watching. Get out of here. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to the January 6th committee because you came on hot because we're recording on a Tuesday rather than a Monday. What other insights, analyses, jokes, japes, jibes, and um, opinions do you have, John? I think it just matters from a political standpoint. I don't think it matters criminally. I don't think the DOJ is going to do anything. They have a much higher bar from everything I read. Wow, really? You think so? The uh, DOJ is yeah. still not going to do anything? Uh, I, 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 I mean, if unless they're not going to do anything unless they're pretty sure that they're going to get a guilty conviction, right? Okay. Yeah. Everything I read is that the DOJ, the DOJ is going to have a hard time. Here's my insight or here's my hot take. The Trump criminal referral doesn't really matter because he's kind of – he's like a superhero. It's like the regular laws just don't apply to him. But the sanctions or the referrals about other – his associates, especially Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan, those guys are still subject to the laws of political gravity, I think, more right. than Trump is. You know, Trump kind of gets this massive carve out from everybody for whatever reason. It's like, well, he was the president or, well, he's obviously a maniac or who knows what evil lurks within the heart of that man. We can't even tell if he believes what he says or not. He's just not like, he's like an alien, right? Shadow knows. But everybody else, they don't get that same pass. Like no one, no one's like, well, we have to make an exception for Jim Jordan. There's never been someone like it. You know what I mean? It's just not the same. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy, he's the future Speaker of the House. We couldn't possibly – like no one cares about that. I, is so he the I future think, Speaker of the House? Who yeah, knows? he's going to be the Speaker of the House. Oh, oh you think okay. it's going to be Liz Cheney? Did you see that conspiracy theory? No, I did not. I don't if know what – don't click on hashtags, man. Follow if, if any Republican – if 20 Republicans vote against Kevin McCarthy and all Democrats vote for Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney could be the next Speaker of the House. I love it. You love That'd that, right? That's cocaine city right there. You think Liz Cheney is going to run for president? To to mess up the Republican vote? Yeah. Not to mess it up, but just to be on the stage with Trump during the debate. And just like, you know, just like like a bumblebee just flying around him and tripping him up. The party will not let her. They'll make up some rule that she can't be on. She can't be in the same county as Trump. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. It's his party. They'll do whatever he says. Uh, I don't know. I think yeah, she's going to run. I'll bet you $10 she's not going to run. Okay. All right. All right. Um, speaking of uh, money and betting and predict it and everything, the one market on predict it right now that's very hot has been a great moneymaker for many years for me is the will Fauci continue to be the NIAID director through 2022? Uh, of course, these Fauci markets have been out there in the past. Sometimes it's just through the month. Sometimes it's through 2021 or whatever. And of course, uh, all of the MAGA people are like, no way, he's going to get fired. Da, 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 da. He's going to drop dead because he took the booster. And um, this particular market was trading very low a few months ago that he would not be. Well, didn't uh, the Biden director. announce his successor months ago? Yeah, and he announced that he was going to step down in December and that his last day would probably be sometime before Christmas. But then you get into all these technicalities like, you know, does does it does does if he hasn't been replaced until January 1st by somebody just because he's no longer in the office, does that mean that he is not still the acting director? 
This market shall resolve to yes in the event that Dr. Anthony Fauci holds the office of director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases without interruption until the end date listed below, which is 12-31-21, the final day of the year. 11.59 wow. p.m. So it's currently trading at 87 cents. When did you buy in? Yeah, I got in like in the in the high 60s. So Ooh. I got in late. How many shares? Over a thousand shares. I was oh maxed. Yeah. Oh, big boy showed up. Yeah. What made you nothing. so confident, big boy? I wasn't confident. I just was like, whatever. Want to go out with a bang? Uh, so I wrote it all the way up, and I've been slowly getting out here around 90 because that's probably the smart maneuver. I think. I I, I don't think there's any question that Are if you this is gum? Res- that what. Are you chewing gum? Yeah. Yeah, let's Sorry. not let's not do that. Let's not do that. I don't think there's any question that if this market is resolved fairly that it should resolve that he it, it, yes. But, you know, just like with any sporting event, the refs sometimes jump in and just make a really bad call. Interesting uh, analogy so, here. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of the traders are thinking, "Oh, maybe predicted will come in and just screw this up." How? I don't understand how they would screw they, it up. They'll just misinterpret it. They'll say, yeah, he stepped down on the 22nd and technically that counts as, uh, you know, an interruption. Mm-hmm. But in the spirit of the law, it seems like it should it should be, yes. And I think that's why it's trading so high right now. So is And is this your last big position on Predicted? This is your going out yes. with a bang on the Fauci yes, market? Yes, it's my only, only position on Predicted at the moment, yeah. If Predictit was still going and making new markets, can you imagine the Elon t- uh, Elon Musk tweet markets? Your head oh, would explode. Yeah. And your cock would explode because you'd be so happy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Can you imagine? Um, Elon has had quite a week this week and I've had to experience Turning it all now by- to Elon Musk, the CEO yeah. of last seen in Qatar, Qatar watching the World Cup with one Jared Kushner. Yes. Surrounded by men of high character. Yes. Nice people. Um, Just as he is on Twitter every day, Uh, you know, everyone he interacts with. (laughs) Yesterday, he came out and said, uh, I think a couple probably probably knows this if they're on Twitter or reading anything that he came out and said that no more decisions will be made on Twitter unless first putting it to a vote. So he apologizes for it. You mean like a shareholder vote? Yeah. No, a a, a, a online Twitter poll vote. So uh, those are very scientific. Um, You're talking about the kind of thing where it's like – you're talking about when it's just like a poll that you tweet out and people can – Yeah, yeah. That's how he's going to make decisions? Yeah, yeah. You can just click on it and then you can go to your alt account and click on it again and then you can refresh and probably click on it again. You know, but he wants to leave it open to the – to the – you know, the people who are on Twitter. So he actually decided to put to a vote whether he should continue to be the CEO of Predictit. Of Predictit. And uh, Jesus. Tuesday, am I right? I know, man. Come on. What is this? The new Garfield who hates Tuesdays instead of yeah. Mondays? So he, he pre- What do you love penny pasta instead of lasagna? He decided to uh, put this to a vote, uh, put a Twitter poll out whether he should remain the CEO of Predicted, which he currently is uh, damn it, of Twitter. We're never doing a Tuesday thing again. This is All right. this is a catastrophe. Okay. 
he decided that he put out a poll that he wanted to be whether he should be the, <laughs> whether he should be the CEO of Twitter. Okay, got it. And uh, he lost. You know, it was like 14 million votes or something. It wasn't close. He lost 53, 57 to 43%. Wait, uh, is he, so he's he truly going to step down? This is well, he said he would abide by the results, but he didn't say when he would step down, who oh, would replace him, Oh, it's just like whatever. the Fauci market. There's probably a lot of hijinks that can take place right. with timing. I said I'd do the dishes, but I didn't say I'd do them before tomorrow, mommy. Like that, right? Yeah, that's and right. And Elon has a mommy too, right? Who's kind of like involved yeah, in this Yeah, yeah. May Musk is her name. She's like a super villain model type person. Got She's it. out okay. there defending him all the time on Twitter. I too. love a man with a mommy, I have to say, because I'm a mommy yeah. man myself. So <laughs> I have no hate for May Musk, who's, yeah. who's raised a mommy man. So... Uh, he lost this poll and uh, then a bunch of people like Kim.com, who's a convicted felon who like lives in New Zealand where he can't be extradited to the United States for all sorts of crimes that he's committed against. Uh, right. I remember that name. Copyright like infringement or something. I don't know. Uh, Kim.com advised him that, you know, this poll is probably not scientific think uh -huh. and uh that maybe a bunch of bots run by the u.s government voted in it because that's what the u.s government would be concerned about hold on and so this guy is this guy is theorizing that the reason that elon musk allowed an online poll to determine whether he would remain the ceo of twitter is because he was trying to draw out deep state government funded bots that would vote no he actually did not come up to, with that conclusion he just said I think you should know that that probably did happen, and if you want to look at the metadata, you can probably figure out who those bots are. Any, and sir, sir, and anyone who can, voted against you is probably a bot. You should you should retrieve all the user information and kill and kill their accounts. Right. So then everyone else came out and said, "Ah, that's why he did it because it's yeah. a giant honeypot to trick all the people that voted against him to then being canceled." Because why do we have fans and Elon supporters is, like that? Right. What do you have to do to get people to believe that anything you do is a genius masterstroke, that you're playing six-dimensional chess or whatever they say? Is it six or five dimensions? Four? How many dimensions are you playing in chess when you're like Obama and everyone thinks everything you do is a stroke of genius? Is it – what do they say? Five dimensions. Five dimensions. Five dimensions, right? I don't know. How many dimensions? Five dimensional only three chess? dimensions. Well, they say fourth is time. Oh, is that right? But then when someone's a genius, they say, oh, they're playing five-dimensional chess. The okay. fifth dimension is probably like, I don't know, sex. Well, I, I don't know. Clearly, we're not doing it. Yeah. Um, I would but love he to is... have fans who everything I do, anything I stumble back asswards into, they're like, oh, no, Kid Midas meant to do that. He's he's creating a honeypot to draw out the uh, Pod Save America guys. They're going to fall right into his trap. Yeah, they're going to wind it. up suspended over the jungle floor in a net. <laughs> But no, everyone's like, well, he probably just made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, mistakes. We love to make them. Yeah. All right. So wait, what were we talking about? Elon Musk? And so he had this poll and he's going to step down as the head of Twitter unless, but the bots, what, what what was the point of this story? It just sounds like, I have to say, John, it sounds like word salad at this point. Anything with Elon Musk. Uh, it sounds like an AI wrote a bingo card. Well, somebody else replied. Under Kim.com, a guy named unfilteredboss underscore one 
just a random guy on Twitter and said, blue subscribers. These are the people that subscribe to Twitter blue. They pay $8 a month to have it. I thought a, they canceled that. No, they came back. Every Everything they do is, you know, comes and goes and then comes back and everything. So you just never know. Yeah. Twitter blue is back. Could be canceled by the time this airs. Okay. But, uh, so though he said that only people that pay $8 a month for Twitter blue should be allowed to vote in these polls because they actually have skin in the game. Elon Musk decided to take that tweet to think about it, to take it to the board and to take it to say, oh, no, no, no. He just said immediately, good point. Twitter will make that change. <laughs> so, <laughs> now if you, so if you post an online poll, the only people who can vote in it are people who are paying $8 a month to have that little blue check mark. Yeah, but he said all votes would – but nobody got to vote on this, on that, you know. John, I have to say I don't care. This it's just crazy. Sounds, anyway. Yeah, I don't care. All right. What do you want to talk about, football, basketball? It's Tuesday. It's your time to shine. No. No? No, there's a World Cup. I missed it. Argentina won. Yeah. Led by Messi, the famous uh, football player. They mm-hmm. won the World Cup. And then here's something I saw, John, as long as we're just kind of having a Tuesday talk it out. Do you know who Salt Bay is? Yes. Yeah. He's this guy. Yeah. And he got really famous online because he would the way he would put salt on meat was it would like he would sprinkle it and his arm would be bent and it would kind of dribble down his forearm onto the meat. Yeah. And now, of course, he runs a series of like restaurants in places like Dubai where you can spend like $24,000 on overcooked piece of meat. I love people like this for some reason. (laughs) I love stuff like this. All right. All right. And Salt Bay has a very distinct appearance. And the the way he holds his mouth when he says, wow, he his signature catchphrase is wow. Uh, Well, he also likes to say cappuccino, which is also great. But you can go far in life if the only two words you say are wow and cappuccino. So. Salt Bay, who's, you know, his whole business empire rests on him always being on social media. He was at the World Cup and there's all this footage of him accosting all the players from Argentina and posing with the World Cup trophy and looking into the camera and saying, wow, (laughs) out of the side of his mouth wearing his freaky circular super dark sunglasses and the Argentinian football players looking absolutely perplexed and annoyed at him. I'm telling you, man, when is Salt Bay going to do something big? It's time for him to make big moves. We got Trump. We got Elon Musk. Let's have let's have a Salt Bay era where Salt Bay becomes like, yeah, runs for governor of Florida after DeSantis becomes president. So you're buying into Salt Bay. Yeah, I go. I'm going long on Salt Bay. I don't I, I've only seen the video of him doing the salt. I don't know. Oh, anything he does so much him. more than that. He'll oh, be okay. like at a restaurant. Imagine like a super fancy restaurant surrounded by beautiful supermodels and then he'll have a little cup of cappuccino and he takes a sip and then he looks at the camera and kind of pushes his mouth to the side like this mm-hmm. and says, cappuccino, wow. <laughs> it's good stuff. I'm telling yeah. you, John, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's Salt Bay. You should check him out. All right. I'll check him out. I'll his, check him- his, his career is probably going to end in a nice way. <laughs> We're probably going to learn some nice stuff about him in a few years. It's that, it's that right. kind of energy, you know? All right. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. 
Trump NFTs. Major announcement. That also happened since last we recorded. Trump was going to oh, give yeah. a major announcement. People thought he was going to like run for Speaker of the House. What was the announcement, John? Uh, that uh, he uh, was releasing some digital trading cards, also known as NFTs, non-fungible tokens, uh, which are hot these days. <laughs> it's a very, uh-huh. very hot time to release them. The crypto space is very hot. Um, uh, yeah, it was just some digital trading cards that you could buy for $99 and uh, trade them with your friends. Um which there's nothing wrong with releasing that because he releases stuff like that crap all the time, right? I think it was the buildup. Teasing it as a major announcement tomorrow. Yeah. MAGA World, that's probably what caused his price on Predicted to drop so far. Hmm. And he had already declared he was running. Yeah. I think people were thinking he's going to be the Speaker of the House. He's going to announce Carrie Lake, his running mate, uh, you know, something huge. And then it was um, not. It was just a typical, you know, crap. Collecttrumpcards.com. Do you like that URL? Yeah, it's not bad. So this says that they're sold out, that there were 45,000 minted. God, I can't believe I just said mm-hmm. that. I hope I – and they're all sold out. You have to have a limited amount. That's why the, that's why the price will continue to go up. Uh, I Artistically <clears> – <throat> You know, the person who designed them apparently had done this for someone else and he just used the exact same thing. I mean, like he stole the the photos from Getty Images and I mean, it's really poor work all around. Well, in my opinion, you're not uh, you don't have a background in art history or aesthetics, so it's not really your place to say whether or not these are good or not. Fair. I will say because I did take a class in aesthetics in college, so I am qualified to judge all culture. These do look a little, shall we say, dashed off. This okay. is like, when I see a digital image and I think to myself, I could do that in Photoshop, then I know we're, we're in a bad place because I'm, I'm, I'm not great at Photoshop. But they really just slapped his face on a bunch of uh, – it's like the village people style. Like it's all these different professions. Like there's one here um, – you know, we were talking about fashion last week. There's one here that, you know, he's wearing like a long leather duster with a, with a sheriff's star and he's got a white cowboy hat and he's got a blue-collared shirt underneath and um, some blue jeans. And this looks very Yellowstone. This is giving me Yellowstone. This is giving me the sheriff's back in town. There's another one where he's an astronaut, but he's not on the moon. He seems to be on a political stage or something. Uh-huh. Uh, red, white, and blue astronaut uniform. Now, this one's a little tricky because the astronaut is wearing sunglasses inside his helmet, hmm. which when you think about it is a little weird. If you wear sunglasses inside your helmet, you can never take them off. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. And it would be redundant because I, I imagine those those helmets are- Right. Already- and also the problem with this astronaut image is that it looks like Joe Biden. I thought it was Joe Biden wearing sunglasses because Joe Biden is more associated with sunglasses than Donald Trump is. So there we have an issue with misapplied iconography. There's another one where he's dressed as a NASCAR driver. And that one is nice because he's The one where he's dressed as a NASCAR driver is maybe my favorite, and I'll tell you why. 
because he's smiling and he has a nice big smile. He's not in his usual constipated, grumpy face. But the amazing thing is, because it's a NASCAR image, to make it dynamic, they've kind of like blurred the background. So it and he he's in focus in center frame in the foreground. Okay. Blurred it but so the, there's motion. So it looks like he's about to get run over by 50 NASCAR cars. Like there's mm. like they're revving towards him and this poor idiot doesn't even know. So that one is a little intense. There's a there's an implied sense of danger there or impending doom for him. There's another one that's related to the astronaut image. It's not quite the same. He seems to be dressed as a jet fighter pilot. Now, in this one, he's also wearing sunglasses, although he's not wearing them inside his helmet because he's holding his helmet uh, at his side. And this one is pretty cool because he is standing on top of the earth with the moon directly behind him. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of cool. How many? Okay, there were 45,000. Are they all unique? Mm, no, these are – how many were there? I'll tell you. Each Trump digital trading card has a unique pre-assigned rarity. I love a pre-assigned rarity. <laughs> Some will be one of ones, i.e. the only one in the world, okay. while others will be limited to two, five, seven, or ten copies. No Trump digital trading card will have more than 20 copies in existence. If you go down to the bottom of the page, you can see the scroll. There's a crawl of all the tears. What a, oh, my God. I want to buy this one. Oh, okay. I like this one. This guy's a real weirdo. I have to say. <laughs> I have to say it, John. This guy's a real weirdo. Look at these trading cards. The, the way he's having fun, right? Like. There's something about his sense of humor that's really interesting. There's one where he's standing in front of the the stock market going up, and then you realize it's the green exhaust of a jet fighter plane. What? I'm telling you, the imagery is really the one where he's where he has the Dow yeah. hat on. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. That's the that's the exhaust of like an F-16. You see it? Uh, I'm only seeing part of it. Um, oh my god! In this news article, I don't know where. I guess I should go to collect Trump cards. Is that where it's? But I don't think there's really a way to see all of them, and maybe that's because you're not allowed to see the one you buy until you get it. There's one of him standing in front of Mount Rushmore, which also has his head on it. So in that instance, you get two. You get double the Trump face because you see him on Mount Rushmore, smiling along with Washington and Jefferson. And then you also see – is that Jefferson? Whoever that other guy is. And then you also mm-hmm. see him standing in front of Mount Rushmore where his own face has been carved into the side of the mountain and he's pointing directly at you. What is the area uh, between your nose and your mouth right here where your mustache is? What, it's got a name. I can't remember what they call that. It probably starts with an M or something. His, his seems like elongated. It doesn't seem right in this picture. Huh. Like he looks a little more like Harrison Ford than Donald Trump. I don't. I don't think they would ever adjust his image to make him look more handsome. That doesn't seem it like doesn't, something Trump it doesn't and his seem team right. would do. Like the one okay. where he's in the tuxedo and it's like, oh, did Trump lose two hundred and twenty pounds? Like, right. He looks incredible. Yeah, and and the I one can where, say that because oh, I'm yeah, in the middle of right. a weight loss journey. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, where he's wearing this tuxedo though. Where is his? I'm telling you, dude. What is wrong with this? Pic- this picture is weird. The, the oh, tuxedo it is? one. Oh, wait, no, wait. You think these are weird What looking? is wrong with his head in this picture? Bro, be careful. If you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares right back at you. 
just crazy. These are these are what we call cursed images. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. I think not... the one where he looks the best is the one where he's wearing a long coat, uh, standing like in Wyoming somewhere. Yeah, that's the that's the one where he's giving Yellowstone. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. the best one. That's the one where it comes. I wish they had had one. Speaking of fashion, they should have done one where it was like Fashion Donald, and he is dressed in Rick Owens, and he's wearing like an upside down jet black body pillow mm-hmm. as a jacket and then like shoes with like claws on them like classic rick owens freaky freaky monster from outer space type of fashion that would have been very exciting to me and i would have been tempted to buy haute couture donald trump nft trading card anyway i actually think you know most this can be maybe this is a lukewarm take i actually think this whole trading card thing him teasing it with a big announcement and then them coming out and just looking so janky. It doesn't <laughs> matter that they've sold out. I kind of think this dinged his brand. And I really do think it's because these look really shoddy. It And I hate to say this. It's beneath the dig. These images are beneath the dignity <laughs> of the office of president of the United States. Can you imagine Beneath the dignity of this president. Well, I think it just puts it more than the tacky gold plated homes he lives in and more than his stupid MAGA hats and more than like serving a bunch of McDonald's in the Oval Office or whatever he did. There's just something about these images. This was the final straw. I kind of it wouldn't surprise. I'm not the final straw. There won't be a final straw, but this is not helping. Okay, because anybody would look at these and be like. That's not what this guy looks. His face is so obviously just photoshopped onto these images. With if they had done a better job, if the images had been more professionally manipulated, or if there had just been better art direction, I think it wouldn't have been as. And I'm not saying like, oh, Trump is done. Trump is done. I don't believe that. But I will say, it wouldn't surprise me if these NFTs did much more harm than good and more harm than most of his lapses in taste and judgment do. Because these NFTs, and listen, we are talking about a technological innovation that has led to some of the ugliest art humanity has ever produced. <laughs> right. These are bad okay. NFTs. All right. And I can <laughs> say that because, again, I took a class in aesthetics. Okay. I read the work of art in the age of mechanical reproduction. Yeah. Walter Benjamin would weep if oh, he saw these name NFTs. Dropping. All right. Yeah. And so would Immanuel Kant. All right. He said, <laughs> okay. Non cool. gustumpandus All right. disputambus, or whatever now, it is. Now he, you're just he said, off. All right. The matter of the interesting thing about aesthetic judgments is they're subjective, but they feel objective. I think that's something he said. Anyway. Oh, that's, I like that. Yeah. Right. I'm telling it's you, like man, human Emmanuel beauty, was you know, really, yeah, it's, really it very, yeah. it is pretty objective actually. All right. So that was our little discussion of Trump NFTs. Uh, here, here's just a little sidebar here and you, we, uh, we can include this or We're not. just having fun on a Tuesday. What's the sidebar? Oh, the sidebar is how does this happen and how do, like, how does this guy who does such bad NFT work, um, and has no portfolio, um, to speak of 
get a meeting with the president of the United States and then have this come to fruition? Does he just say, yeah, we'll do this? Does the president approach him? And the guy's like, uh, the president's here. I guess I need to do this. Or did this guy come to him and say, let's do this. I'll give you 99.9% of the profits. Or like how it just blows my mind that something like this can happen. Now, if you told me the guy who did this was Jared Kushner, I'd say, okay, I understand how that happened. I don't think you understand how easy, how accessible Trump is. We could get a job doing something for Trump if we really put our minds to it. Okay, well, see, that's sort of what if I was getting to. If we put our minds to, to it, we could, we could have a gig with him in a month. We will, probably would never get paid, but we could probably do something for him. We could have a meeting with him. Yeah, absolutely. And be like, Mr. Trump, we're here to talk about... Um, <laughs> Kids love mashups these days, Mr. Trump. That's where you take right. a rapper and you put him over a song from the 70s. And uh, we have a little experience making mashups and we'd like to make a mashup of you. And you'd be like, that sounds great. Let's do it. I'll pay you $100,000. Fingers okay. crossed under the table. But we could do it. And I kind of think that Elon Musk, I know it's easy to say, oh, these guys are real similar because they just both happen to be, you know, like the main character on the internet. Uh, but right. they really do have a lot of similarities in the fact that they are so easily uh, influenced and manipulated by those around them. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I agree. You think we could have a meeting with Elon Musk? Uh, I bet it would be harder to meet with him than with Trump. But yeah, if we, if we, I bet we could have a meeting with Elon Musk. I'm basically just trying to look at ways to make money since everybody has so much money, as you always like to point out. Maybe we could get some. I think if you're looking to make money, then going into a business deal with Donald Trump is historically not the best way to get money. Right. Okay. There was a somebody in the town that I used to live in who was in the rug business, and he went and installed carpets at Mar-a-Lago, and Trump stiffed him on the bill because he said the carpets were, quote, too tight. So think on that. This dude will say anything to get out of paying a too bill. Too tight. <laughs> yeah, like you want the carpets to like slosh around under your foot as you walk. Like, <laughs> Huh. Yeah. So if you're looking to make money, I would advise that we do not go into business with Donald Trump. Okay. John, let's turn to listener questions. All right. Yeah, we got a, a listener question from Scott here. Scott writes in, this is in response to David's conjecture that it might be possible for humans to live completely unaware of numbers if they were sticks. Well, there are people that live without any awareness of numbers and they aren't even sticks. Hmm. The Paraha tribe uh, in Brazil don't have any numbers in their culture and only have words for quantities in their language that essentially translate to a few, more than a few, and a lot. And he links to an old Slate article about this uh, tribe. Cognitive anumeracy and a language without numbers. I was intrigued to see this. I did not think this could be a thing, especially in our modern age. See, but this, I got to say that this kind of reminds me of that I don't know if you remember this, but when we were kids, there was this big thing that came out of National Geographic about uh, the Tassaday tribe in the Philippines. Uh -huh. um, and it was apparently this tribe that they discovered that hadn't had any contact with civilization for like a thousand years. And it turned out um, that it was a hoax. They came back and visited them later on and they were like wearing jeans and listening to rock music and that... And that Wait, they, you mean they like goofed on National Geographic? It, it was something like that. Uh, I think later on someone went back and tried to like re-establish their uh, bona fides and said that they were... Oh my gosh, that look they at this. were right. an actual... Yeah. 
tribe and that they but they had had more contact than they had let on and that maybe the government had they were like oh what is that a camera are you capturing my soul oh my right. gosh help right right they were legit but they were just they were playing it up a little bit more because i oh, think the government had it. told them to do that cuz maybe they could get some funding or something uh so when i read about this other tribe that doesn't have numbers i, I that that comes to mind but i i i you I think know. that they're they're faking not knowing about I numbers think they're so faking. that they can yes. get everybody so has they to can know get numbers. many numbers of dollars from some organization will teach them about numbers. Yeah, it's like you know, do you ever hear about the guy who's begging for money on the side of the road and he and he he puts you put out you give him a choice: would you like this one dollar or would you like this shiny quarter? And the guy always takes the quarter; he never takes the dollar. And everyone says, what? oh, what, what an idiot this guy is. He always takes the quarter and he doesn't take the dollar. He just takes the giant. And then, and so every day people come out and go, look at this guy here. You want a quarter or a dollar? And he always takes the quarter. And that guy's such an idiot, but he's not an idiot. He's making all this money on these people. John, what the fuck are you talking about? Do you know right what I'm now? talking is about? It, no. Is this like an urban legend or a song? No, it's like, not an urban you... legend. It's just a, it's just a guy because this it's so really entertaining it's so entertaining to people that this guy is always taking a quarter instead of the dollar. Oh, this is like Br'er Rabbit. Yeah. That he's making lots of money. I see. So there's some country some cornpone wisdom going down here. Everyone's giving him all their shiny quarters. Yeah. So that's basically what this tribe in Brazil is doing. And They're you like, read about this guy in National Geographic? Is no, that what you're saying? No, I probably read about him in World Magazine or something. I don't know. Shout out to World Magazine. Shout out to Ranger Rick. As long yeah. as we're shouting out the old classics. Shout out to Highlights Magazine, Goofus and Gallant. All right. Yeah. Go to the dentist office. They'd have those out God, there. God, was Goofus fucking up very hard? What a piece of shit that guy was. Max and Nick. Yeah. This is some heavy stuff here. How are we going to do this? You want to read this one? These two listeners, Max and Nick, were concerned about the future of this podcast once predictit.org expires. And they decided to analyze all the content we discussed to see if we could continue to have conversations without the North Star of Predicted. So their hypothesis is that EPM currently relies, quote, very little on Predicted as a source of content, end quote, which is a stunning um, counterintuitive hypothesis. They sent us a whole paper with an abstract and methods and results. <clears throat> Methods. To test our hypothesis, we analyzed the content of 10 episodes of election profit makers, primarily those immediately before and after the 2022 midterms. These episodes included 472 total minutes of content. And then they categorized the amount of time spent by hosts David and John on various popular topics. They did not include topics that were discussed for less than one minute. And that makes sense. That's fine. Results. We found that Predictit was discussed in all 10 episodes of Election Profit Makers and made up, John, what do you think the percentage would would be? What percentage of these 10 episodes was was devoted to Predictit? Uh, 15%. 13.3%. However, Predictit was not the most discussed topic. Political conversations that did not include discussions of predicted or betting, mm -hmm. that accounted for the most time, just about 16% of all minutes analyzed. Then comes predicted. Then comes something they categorize as North Carolina stories and reminiscing. <laughs> 
I love uh, that makes it sound like we're just two old friends sitting on the porch in our mm-hmm. rocking chair. We're like Bartles and James just reminiscing, right? Yeah. Next category, Elon Musk and other assorted bad boys. Okay. 10%. Okay. That's, that sucks. We got to stop talking about Elon Musk. I'm tired of talking about Elon Musk. And then listener mail, just about the same, 9.9%. 15 total topics earned at least 1% of all minutes analyzed, ranging from John's sports reports, yeah. 6.4%. How much? 6.4%. God, it feels oh. like 60%. Jesus we need to Christ. update. We need to up those numbers. The people need more sports. Music and pedals is less than 5%. That's what we need to focus on. I've got to get my pedal talk back up. I've really slacked on the pedal talk. Guys, I have to apologize. It's been a long time since I bought a pedal, and I only recently just got all my all my pedals out of storage. And you'll be pleased to know, dear listeners, that last night I really organized my music slash pedal closet. I, I, I have all these plastic drawers for my pedals, and what I did last night was I arranged all my pedals by type and then labeled the drawer with this nice green masking tape that I bought at Target. So now I have a drawer devoted entirely to overdrive and distortion pedals. I have a drawer devoted entirely to fuzz and ring mod pedals. I have a drawer devoted entirely to delay pedals. I have a drawer devoted entirely to mixer and switcher pedals. I have a drawer devoted entirely to filter pedals. And I've also put like um, flanger and chorus in there. I can't remember those are technically filter pedals, but I put them in that drawer. I'm going to say something else about guitar pedals as long as I'm trying to boost my stats here. Uh, Guitar pedals are really fun, but I think I'm done with guitar pedals. And I think the future for me when it comes to sonic experimentation is sleep machines. Sleek? Sleep? Sleep machines. I went, I got some, when I was in New York, what is that? I went around to some junk shops and I bought a couple sleep machines. Like when they have a wave sound or a rain sound or a forest chirping sound, one of them has a train sound. I think sleep machines are the future. I'm done with, I'm done with pedals. And I hesitate to say this out loud because of course now the prices of sleep machines on eBay and goodwill.com are all going to spike because people will be like, kid Midas says he's long on sleep machines. He's shorting pedals. We got to get out of the pedal game. I got to sell this Klon Centaur for $8,000 so I can buy $8,000 worth of broken sleep machines. So just join me on my sleep machine journey because I think there's some ex- I think there's some interesting stuff to be done. And John, you know, when I went to that swap meet and I bought that cleaver, I didn't just walk out of there with a cleaver. I also walked out of there with an old sleep machine. It looked like someone had, had spilled soda pop on it. This thing is so crusty and sticky, but I like that because I take great satisfaction in cleaning old equipment, you know, get trying to make it look new. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to open up the sleep machine and take a look at it because this sleep machine has, you know, various settings, waves, you know, ocean waves, forest sounds, train, but also, yeah, surf crash, you know, but it also has a speed adjustment. I think you can adjust how fast the waves are crashing. Very excited to try that. I'll keep everyone posted about that. So I didn't know they were called sleep machines. I thought they were like white noise machines or something. Well, some of them also have white noise. Yeah. I mean, you can call them white noise machines. Maybe that's easier. There's a new movie out called White Noise, and I got excited, but it turns out it's not about white noise machines. Hmm. Hollywood update. (laughs) Anyway, let's say thank you to Max and Nick for their deep dive into the topics that are discussed on this podcast, it does make us a little more confident about continuing in the event of predicted.org's demise, although we have not yet decided what the future holds come February. 
let's turn now to issues of fashion. All right. Last week, I asked if any of our listeners were into fashion. I think we heard from one listener who is. <laughs> All right. Uh, that makes me, so, I'm so ornery. I'm going to get into fashion just to spite everybody. Christine on Discord says she is emphatically into fashion and has loved it when we talk about fashion. Please do a whole episode about fashion. Oh, whole, I didn't even see she was. You know what? Let's save this for a fashion Patreon. Speaking okay. of Patreon. Boy, I, we got a couple. I, we, yeah. I know. I owe you guys. We owe you guys. Um, I want to explain this right now. We owe you guys a Patreon episode about the best songs about numbers. The guest that I want to do that episode with us is uh, like it's the holidays and they're about to go on tour. So we're so we have to push that episode. That episode is still very much going to happen. I've compiled all the songs that are the best songs about numbers. But a fashion episode, who could we get on to talk about fashion, John? Do you know anybody who who could talk about fashion with us? That'd be a great episode. Uh, no. no. Who's the most fashionable person you know? Uh, we need like a fashion designer. Oh, you know what? I'm having all these fashion memories. Can we get Christine, Alexander Julian on? Do you think we could? Maybe. God. What if we got what if we got a real fashion designer? Yeah. There used to be this store, Christine, in New York City called Daffy's. And Daffy's would sell weird clothes from Europe that were fashionable and really cheap. And you could get some really funky stuff at Daffy's. And once years ago, I knew a woman who was a designer. She worked for she wasn't in haute couture. She designed clothes for Target under the Mosimo line, I think. Anyway, she was a young woman starting out in the fashion industry, and this was her first big gig working for Target designing clothes. But she knew a lot about clothes. And she took one after I have this. This is a great New York City memory. One afternoon, because I was like, I need some clothes. I need to look nice. I need some clothes. I can't just wear sweatpants all day. She took me to Daffy's in Midtown Manhattan. Daffy's no longer exists. And just guided me through the racks, explaining to me what I should be looking for when I'm buying clothes. So like, she would be like, feel this shirt, feel the material on this shirt. I know this is a nice shirt because the weave of the, it was like, it was like being with somebody who could see all this stuff and understand all this stuff that I just could not see, you know? Cause I'm like a crow. I get distracted by flashy patterns and shiny buttons and stuff. But half the time she'd be like, no, don't buy this shirt. It's not worth it. Look here at this stitching. This thing is going to fall apart. Isn't that kind of cool? Hmm. Yeah, that is very I will cool. say one thing that one time somebody gave me a second or third or fourth hand Versace dress shirt mm -hmm. and those buttons suck. Those buttons crumbled in my fingers. What do you think that was about? Versace is supposed to be like a good brand. And these buttons like were, it was like when you have a dream that your teeth are crumbling. It was like that, but with the shirt buttons, it was very disturbing. Yeah. I threw it away. That's not so good. I guess I could have replaced the buttons. I will say, Christine, as long as I'm reminiscing about fashion, I can see John's eyes, eyelids drooping, but I don't care. I'm just rapping with Christine right now, fellow fashion aficionado. I did take two years of home ec in middle school, and I did once sew my own Hawaiian shirt. So pray on that, everybody. Pray on that. Maybe someday I'll post a picture of the shirt that I sewed. Yeah, I remember. So I sewed a, um, a Walkman holder. Sony <laughs> yeah, very cool to have a little cloth thing that you hook on your belt. That's so tough. <laughs> save that. For, let's save that for the podcast episode. We are going right. to do it. We'll do it in the new year. Uh, okay. Right. Fashion episode. Forget about it. Yeah. 
John, let's end the episode. It's Tuesday. All right. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, Hanukkah has started. The winter solstice is uh, on Wednesday and uh, Christmas is in four days. So, so happy holidays to everybody, whatever holiday you're celebrating. Yeah. We hope it's peaceful and we wish you nothing but peace and prosperity. I love it when people wish me prosperity. Yeah. You know, like sometimes you hear that certain types of uh, Christians, I think will say that. Yeah. I wish you peace and prosperity in the new year. It's like, yeah, I'll take that. Election Profit Makers. It's an independent production. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And just a reminder to please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or Overcast or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we will see you next week. We wish you nothing but peace and prosperity in this holiday season. From our home to yours, season's greetings from election profit makers. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.